Happy Easter. I stand here talking to you today because 2,000 years ago, a human being who actually lived said words that it had never occurred to anybody else to say. I am the resurrection and the life. The person who trusts in me, although they be dead, will come to life. And the person who is living, who trusts in me, will never die. I speak to you today words of hope, knowing the kind of world that we live in, knowing what's going on in Ukraine and in our own country, where so often divisions and uh, disputes and hostility seem to cut so deep and where financially things just seem to be continually volatile and not just that knowing in human life, knowing in the lives of so many of you who I love, there is pain and loss and separation and confusion and discouragement and disappointment and failure and difficulty. And yet once a man said, I am the resurrection of life. And so our hope is solely in him. It is not in anything else. And it's because of this day. That's why I'm bringing you this message. Um, there is an Easter picture, my very favorite Easter picture, that if you're watching this, you will be able to see. And it will look quite silly. I don't mean to be silly at all. I'm dead serious, although this is a day of great joy. It's a picture of my dad. I think he was about 80. And he is wearing what looks like a giant pink Easter Bunny outfit. And he's holding a Red Rider BB gun and a little box because about his favorite movie was a movie I think called Christmas Story. And it was about this kid growing up back in about the era when my dad grew up who wanted more than anything else to have a Red Rider gun. But you put your eye out, as mom would always say. And so eventually my dad was given that for a gift. It was actually at Christmas time by, by the one person that I know who would give a gift like that. Um, but my dad... There's a great sport about that kind of thing and love to bring joy to people, even though he felt like that was not his nature. When my dad was in the last month or two of his life, we were gathering around his bed in the hospital and he was talking about his memorial service. And he said, when I die, there's one song in particular that I want to have played at that service. And I didn't know what it would be, but I knew that I would know the song. I grew up in the church. And then he named it. It was a song called This Old House. I had never heard of that song. I had no idea what it meant. And my sister had never heard of that song. And my brother had never heard of that song. And then we listened to it, and I was even more surprised. It was it was actually written when my dad was a teenager by a guy named Stuart Hamblin. And it's this kind of uh, banjo-plucking, toe-tapping, if you're into toe-tapping music, about this old house. I couldn't figure out why in the world would my dad want this kind of goofy song to be sung. And he said, uh, I want it to be sung because there's a lot of joy and fun and lightness in that song. And most people, when they think of me, they don't think of me in that way. My dad was a Swedish Midwestern Baptist introspective phlegmatic accountant. And those are words that are not associated with, let us say, class comedian like somebody else that we all know and love. And my dad said, people don't put me in that category, but I want them when they're at that service and they're remembering me after I'm gone. I want them to know that this was somebody who loved fun. And so we did. And it's a song that was written by a guy named um, Stuart Hamlin. 
I think it was the guy's name. He was actually the son of a Methodist minister. He became a big star in Hollywood, one of the first of what were called the singing cowboys. He was a uh, actor and a singer, didn't handle fame well, uh, huge problem with alcohol, in and out of jail. And uh, in middle age, he went to a Billy Graham crusade in Los Angeles. It was the same one where a guy named Louis Zamperini met Jesus, and there Stuart Hamlin met Jesus and uh, changed his life. And not long after, he said he'd been on a hunting trip and he saw this old house that was being guarded by a dog. And he knew what that meant, that the man that had owned the house had died. But the dog, because the body was still in there, refused to leave it. And that prompted him to write, uh, this old house once knew his children. This old house once knew his wife. This old house once brought them comfort through the, as they walked the storms of life. And that's the song that my dad wanted to have sung. And then, and then in the chorus, and there's an old, old version of Stuart Hamlin singing this when he tells the story. And he sings this song instead of that kind of jokey up-tempo style, almost as though it was a protest against death. Ain't got time to fix the windows. Ain't got time to fix the doors. And so that song got played and then they would show pictures of my dad through his life. And then I had to get up and speak at his memorial service and tell everybody that uh, my dad was somebody who had confidence in the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life and knew the joy of the resurrection. And this is Easter Sunday and there is no other foundation on joy. And I had been reminded of that over and over again, especially in these days. Say a word or two about that. Uh, New Testament scholar Oscar Kuhlman wrote about the difference between immortality and resurrection. Sometimes we think the only point of resurrection is that it means life after death. And we live in an age that's quite skeptical about that. So that looks quite remarkable to us. But Kuhlman said uh, there's a big difference. One of them is that if you're immortal, the Greeks often believed in the immortality of the soul. But that was just a property of the soul, a characteristics or a power of the soul. Uh, for believers in Jesus or for Israel, they believed that God has the power of life or death. So that's not something that I carry on my own. I am dependent on God even for my life right now, let alone for life beyond the grave. But then the other primary difference between immortality and resurrection was that there were forms of religion among the Greeks and other people who believed that somehow life would go on probably in some shadowy way, um, beyond the grave, maybe just in an immaterial, non-physical substance. But the idea of resurrection was not just uh, about the quantity of your existence, that you will go on and on and on, because that by itself wouldn't be good news if it was just life the way that it is right now, with the heartache and brokenness and pain and loss that we experience, that fear and uh, uh, crushing heartbreak. It's not just the quantity, it's the quality. There will be a new kind of life. My old teacher, Lou Smeads, used to describe it like this. Sometimes he would ask a class, who here wants to go to heaven when you die? And pretty much everybody would raise their hand. And then he would ask a second question. And who would like for that to be right now? Who wants to go right now this second? And not many people would. A few, you know, extremely religious people or... Uh, uh, 
but not for anybody. And, and then Lou would say, okay, let's try one more tack. And then he would begin to describe in the way that somebody who is an artist with words and a thinker of deep thoughts would, what our world would be like if all the wrongs were righted and all the broken hearts were mended and justice were to flow like waters and nobody would be oppressed anymore and everybody would have a fair chance and nobody would be molested and there would be no more uh, broken or shattered relationships. Hearts would come together as one. People would be able to speak with courage and speak truth and the way that we would relate to each other across races and gender in our sexuality in our work and in our playing would be marked by health and what is wholesome and what is good and what is loving towards other people and this planet uh, that is so filled with beauty even now would be liberated from death and from rot no more concerns about climate change or uh, uh, you know, people mishandling. Who would like to have this world? He said sometimes it would be like a house, an old house that you love, but it was dilapidated and falling down. This old house, have the house remodeled and made what it was intended to be from the beginning, enlarged and expanded and made beautiful. Who would like that? Everybody raised their hands. That's resurrection. That's the promise of the resurrection. That's the hope of today. Uh, it is not based on anything else. It's not about politics. It's not about finances. It's not about education, as important as those things are. It is not about you and your own effort. It is not about your circumstances today. It is not about your circumstances tomorrow. It is about the man who walked and lived among us and then died like nobody else had ever died, but said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who trusts in me, even though they die, yet they will live. That's the good news. That's the hope for those of us who cannot, that he can, and he has, and he will. Happy Easter. Hey, I'm Tim. Thanks again for joining us for this journey, Second Thoughts. Starting tomorrow, we're kicking off a new series titled Home. In that series, John is going to walk through Dallas Willard's book, The Spirit of the Disciplines, looking at each one of the spiritual practices or disciplines, choose your word, that Dallas talks about in that book. So we hope that you'll join us for that. Invite a friend. And as always, if you want more resources, you can check out our website, becomenew.com. Have a great Easter. See you tomorrow.